0: Uh, it's been good fun um, studying these things together and I hope it's been, it's been helpful for you. But I've had a great time getting to know you and talking to you all while I've been up here. Um, why don't we, as we come to this uh, great topic this morning, uh, why don't we turn to God and help, ask him to help us to understand it. <coughs> Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much that you've revealed uh, our future as we trust in you. And Father, we just pray that you'll make that clearer to us this morning. Uh, Help us to have hearts to receive that and uh, we pray, Lord, that this reality will um, really uh, shape us and mark out our lives for you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I wonder if you've ever had uh, a time in life where you've felt, um, can it get any better than this? You know, when just everything goes well for you and um, you think, you know... All, all, all the things just seem to be falling into place and, and it's working out and you kind of you get on this high. So I had a um, time like this when I finished uni and uh, in, so I was kind of 21 year old and I got engaged to um, my wife and we're, we were due to get married in kind of the January and uh, <coughs> I had a job but then my company got taken over um, and so I was going to be out of work so I was applying for new jobs and um, I, my wife and I, were just, uh, sorry, she was my fiance then. We were trying to work out where to live. And um, my, my grandfather said that he would organise for us to live in the top uh, floor. He lived in a two-storey house. He was a widower, um, but he, didn't, he only needed really a bedroom and stuff. So we could live in the top floor of his house, like he would make it into a little apartment thing. And he lived right by Sydney Harbour. And so we were, we were going to be able to live there rent-free. Um, and so I was getting married and then I started applying for new jobs and I got this job that I really wanted and I found out about it and this job, um, they said, okay, well, yes, you've got the job, um, come in on Monday or whatever and uh, we've got, you know, your equipment that you're going to need. Uh, this job, you, you get a, a company car um, with a petrol card, so I'm 21-year-old, and it was kind of fancy, brand new car, um, didn't have to pay for petrol. I got a mobile phone, uh, <laughs> even older than the one that I currently have. But they were going to pay for my phone calls and things. And I got, I got a laptop computer, right, with this thing called internet, right, which I could take wherever I wanted. This is <laughs> 2001. Anyway. <laughs> um, so it just was so good and then, and then my new boss said and on Monday can you bring in your passport like, why do I need my passport well the first thing we're doing um, is we're going to spend 10 days in Hawaii on a team building exercise <laughs> <laughs> what the <laughs> can it get any better than this so I'm married a girl of my dreams got a house by the harbour and this kind of wonderful job I, it, you know, I was on this super high right? and perhaps um You've had experiences like that. We can have it personally or we can have it done corporately. So I think you know, observing kind of England um, last year, you kind of had this summer that just was pretty awesome. You know, the vibe around the place. You had the Queen's Jubilee, everyone got into that. And then there was the Olympics and you know, Team GB won so many gold medals. It's kind of, whoa, what's going on there? and then uh, <laughs> um, you no know, you had uh, um, uh, Brandy Wiggins won the Tour de France and then um, that guy won the tennis match finally <laughs> and it just kind of kept going on and on and it was like wow how good is it to be you know British we're so good um, you know Australians we're used to that kind of <laughs> level of <education>. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like everyone here was like yeah can it get any better than this um, and perhaps you know, we can also have that experience in our spiritual lives as well. Now, there can be times where, where you, you really, things are, things are on fire, they're buzzing along. Um, you, you, your quiet times are going well. Your, your church is, you know, a real joy to be at. And, you know, you, you, maybe you go on a conference or something and you come back, you just feel on fire for God. You feel um, closer to heaven than earth. And, um, you, you know, your experience of God is so real. Can, can it get any better than this? Well, that's what uh, we're going to be thinking about today as we kind of look to, to the future. Uh, we're looking uh, to, to what life will be like uh, in the future. And you can have these experiences here and now, but then what happens, you know, eventually is that kind of you come back down, don't you? Um, the experience of reality kind of hits home. Um, so I started my new job and, you know, after a little while... <laughs> Hawaii was a distant memory, you know, and uh, the grind of the job, you know, wears you out and so it is, you know, you come back from the conference and suddenly, you know, you're back into things and and so on and kind of then you look in the world, you see the world around us, turn on the news, you see the earthquakes or the wars or the terrorism or the global warming, all these things and it it all seems actually there's a lot going wrong and it kind of, you know, shudders you and we live in this kind of tension at the moment don't we well uh, what's going to become of this world which you know at points can be really really good and then at other points it's kind of it's a real mess and it it seems to be all stuffed up what's going to happen when Jesus returns so um, yesterday we looked at at the final state of those who weren't with Christ and today we're going to look at the final state of those who are with Christ uh, what will heaven be like? Uh, and so the first thing I want to do is look at this word heaven when the Bible talks about heaven. Um, again, back to what I've been saying all along, the Bible uses pictures and these pictures tell us a reality um, but we need to remember that um, the pictures, we can't take the pictures you know, too literally themselves. they they, give, they tell us the truth but they are pictures. But also the Bible uses this word heaven and what does... What does the word heaven mean in the bible well when we read <coughs> heaven uh, actually it could be meaning one of two things so in the bible uh, heaven uh, can just mean sky or uh, you know where the sun and the moon is so in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and that just means he created the world <laughs> but also he created everything else so this is stuff up up there if you like in the sky the sun the moon um, the stars and so on and then uh, so, so that's one use of the word heaven and we find that in the, in the Bible but the other use of the word heaven of course is this this kind of um, this place where God dwells um, so I'll give you an example from the Old Testament in Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 5 verse 2 uh, the writer writes do not be quick with your mouth do not be hasty with your heart to utter anything before God God is in heaven and you're on earth so let your words be few God is in heaven heaven is where God dwells and so in one respect uh, it's not that surprising that the people you know in the in the bible times when they were trying to think of a way to describe where God is they thought sky <laughs> he's up there he's is so much bigger than us he's transcendent <coughs> wherever god is uh, it, he, mu- he must be up there and so these two words are used kind of interchangeably well so they mean different things but the same word is used and we tell by the context of what's being said what he's talking about is he talking about the the, the sky and so on or the place where god dwells the place where god dwells and of course God being up there was so much bigger. You know, you couldn't get up there really in the Bible times but you didn't um, get on your aeroplane and just fly through the sky and couldn't get in your spaceship and go and visit the moon. Not that we really do that very often. But, you know, now, now we can kind of reach the heavens in terms of going out there. But um, the, the idea is still the same. This exaltedness of God this otherness he's so far above us transcendent uh, that that's where he he dwells bigger than us and um, so if that's what heaven means that we're going to be thinking about God's dwelling place well we could say actually that heaven sometimes has been here on earth couldn't we because well God's everywhere and at some points uh, in the in world history, God's been um, particularly focused. So think of the Garden of Eden, for example. God's there walking through the garden. It says, See, there's a real sense of God's dwelling with the people <coughs> at that point." Or else, um, the, he, God saves His people, Israel, and He gives them this this place in the center, the temple of their camp, where they could meet with God and do business with God. And it's a little bit like there's a little bit of a taste of heaven really there on earth The people could meet with God and he'd dwell with them um, even here on earth uh, but really I mean heaven coming to earth really broke through in terms of uh, world history when of course Jesus came and this was um, you know we've been talking about kind of the end times having begun already well of course when Jesus came uh. What did they call him? Emmanuel, God with us. It was this remarkable event where where God broke into human history, if you like, in a special way, and He was here, and people walked with Him and talked with Him, and then Jesus, uh, you know, still dwells uh, in the church uh, or in His people through His Spirit. So there is a, there's a little bit uh, like heaven, God's dwelling, is a reality <laughs> now and kind of when I was saying before you can have this experience of feeling close to God and um, feeling as though everything's going right with your relationship with him well that's that really is a taste of, of heaven in one respect um, and because if we put our trust in God um, we're, we're united to him which I was talking about yesterday um, the, the experience of our lives actually the, the fullness of heaven the down payment's already been made Our, our we're bought into that, that place so Paul writes in Ephesians um, and God has raised us up this is Ephesians chapter 2 with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus so because we're with Jesus it's as though yep yeah, we're in heaven in some respect <laughs> okay it might not feel like it but it's a spiritual reality because we're in Christ, because we've been united to God. Okay, uh, and and in Hebrews chapter twelve, he talks about kind of us people now, the followers of Jesus, in the present tense of being in heaven. He says, "And God, wrote, uh, sorry, but but you have come to the Mount Zion, to Mount Zion, to the city of the Living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly." to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You've come to God, the judge of all, to the spirit of righteousness made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. And so we've already come. If we put our trust in Jesus, there's a real spiritual sense that we've already come. And so we have kind of this storehouse ready for us in terms of our relationship with God. Back in Ephesians, um, Paul writes at the very beginning, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. So because of what Jesus has done for us, we have all the blessings of God in terms of our relationship with Him. We have the forgiveness of sins. uh, We have being united with Christ. All of these spiritual blessings... And we already have. And so, you know, we can say that in one sense, heaven's begun. Okay? (coughs) Um, And I guess, uh, you know, an an outworking of this that we might see, that that is an experience for our lives, I mean, it it happens in our own lives when when we're uh, indwelt with the Holy Spirit, but also uh, when we get together as God's people, come come together, say, at church and we worship God that's that's actually a little taste of heaven now, sometimes it might not seem like that uh, but it's, a, it's supposed to be a little taste of heaven God's people gathered around God are worshipping him and Jesus actually said do you remember Jesus said that whenever two or three are gathered in my name I'm there in the midst of them and so if heaven is God's dwelling place when we gather to worship um, him it's, it's like a little taste of heaven this is why um, church is really good um, you know the, there's the old chestnut you know do you if you're a Christian do you have to go to church <laughs> and of course you know you're not saved by going to church that, like people often say no because they want to make the point you're not saved by going to church I want to say if you're a Christian why would you not want to go to church it's kind of this is a foretaste of heaven or it's supposed to be Um But of course we know from our experience that it's obviously not the full thing is it? It falls short um, of the full experience not the full reality. Um, And so we need to ask the question uh, what will the full reality be like? But before we get there I just make um, a point which I kind of made yesterday which was what about when you die? Uh, What happens then? and of course if you're a believer um, I, I was saying yesterday you go to be with Christ and so while the Bible speaks about this full reality when Jesus returns which we're going to get to in a second I think it's okay some people have a problem with this. I think it's okay to say when you die that that, that that person's gone to heaven because if heaven is God's dwelling place and you go to be with God with Christ well, well they're in heaven but there's a there's a full experience of heaven, yet to come, um, and so that's what I want us to look at, particularly looking at this Revelation 21 passage. And so, um, the full experience of heaven, the, the fullness of this reality, um, uh, will come when Jesus returns, and when when evil's been dealt with, uh, that's when the full experience of of heaven happens. And so, Revelation 21, it gives us a picture, as well as other places in the Bible. And, and uh, look there at verse 3 I, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them and they will be his people. God himself will be <coughs> with them and and be their God so if heaven is God's dwelling place then this is a picture of God d- dwelling with his people much much more fully than now. He will be with us there will be a, a unity of um, experience with God, unlike uh, even the goodness that we have in that experience now, it'd be so much more fuller, more real. Um, so, well, what what about the actual place? What about, um, you know, where is heaven, if you like, and what's it going to be like? Well, uh, that right. If we think about this world, um, and, and we did at the beginning, about kind of the things that are wrong with it. Um, we read in Romans that actually this whole world is looking forward to that day when things get um, renewed and so in Romans chapter eight um, Paul talks about this creation waiting in eager expectation it 's longing for the time uh, when uh, when heaven will come this is what he says uh, creation uh, the creation was subjected to uh, to frustration not by its own choice but by the one who subjected it in the hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the f- into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we eagerly uh, wait for our adoption to sonship and the, the redemption of our bodies. So that's a picture of this waiting for the fullness to come, but it's not just the Christians who are waiting. The whole of creation's waiting, because of course all of those things that I, I, I mentioned before—you know, the earthquakes, the floods, um, the, the tsunamis, whatever—theologians the, call those things natural evil. Okay, it's, it's things in nature that kind of cause pain and destruction to people, and all of those things are actually signs of creation just wanting something better. Because creation itself, the fact that there is natural evil shows that this world is is frustrated, if you like, from what God had intent what God created in the first place it's been frustrated by sin and so um, creation's here groaning well, what's going to happen when Jesus returns? Well back to the very first verse of um, revelation 21 what does he see a new heavens and a new earth. Well, the first heaven and the first earth passed away and there was no longer any sea. So, this whole created order it's talking about is kind of wound up and wiped out and there's a new one. And it's a new creation, a real place um, that God creates. And it says that there's no longer any sea um, which you might remember on Friday night I was saying that my youth group leader said heaven will be like the perfect wave. Well, that'll be difficult, won't it? Because it'll be on land. <laughs> Although, I mean, maybe um, there'll be a wave pool or something. But anyway, that, that idea of no longer any sea—kind of the sea for um, the people in the ancient world was really a place of chaos. Right? If you went to sea, you know, it's a very dangerous thing to do, and you know, the wind could come up and the storm could uh, come along and, and really put you in great peril. And so. Uh, what this picture is saying without any sea is there's not going to be that sense of chaos in this new creation. That'll all be done away with. Um, no, no more earthquakes or tsunamis or, or any of those things. Um, and so the thing that just from that verse I want us to understand is this is not like a, um, you know, a redecoration or something of this world. It's not, it's not a fix-up. This world is not a fixer a rupper up <laughs> if you if you're in, into buying a second hand car or or a house or something, it's not like we're just wallpaper over over the things and um, you know she'll be right. We'll put down a new carpet. Actually, <coughs> uh, there's going to be a whole new. We're going to get we're going to get a, a brand new creation, not with none of the frustrations that this one um, endures. Okay, and the Bible actually gives us a picture um, about even the animal creation in, in, this, new, uh, in this new world um, just being at peace with one another so in Isaiah 65 um, uh, it, it tells us this, this about the new creation the wolf and the lamb will feed together and the lion will eat straw like the ox and dust will be the servant's food they will neither harm nor destroy on, on my holy mountain says the Lord so you get this picture of, of animals just getting on in, in peaceful tranquility and so some we didn't get to do all the questions last night but someone asked will animals be in heaven or something like that and uh, I, I like that question um, I'm very fond of animals and um, you know it's a great question I've wondered you know will Fido my pet when he died go to heaven and I think I mean the Bible kind of does talk about animals being there doesn't he does, doesn't it um, and so I think we can probably say yes animal why, why not animals God's going to make this new creation he created animals last time um, whether it'll actually be Fido <laughs> um, I'm not so sure about and the reason I think is because um, Jesus didn't come as a dog <laughs> does that make sense he actually came for humanity and so uh, he was resurrected as a human <laughs> sorry I know it sounds like and, and so you know we will be resurrected as well whereas uh, you know but I'm kind of speculating on this I don't think the Bible necessarily gives a definitive answer either way but I think there'll be animals there okay so there's going to be this whole new creation I think even with animals but they're going to be li- living at peace with one another what about f- for us um, what's it going to look like for you and me just living in this new creation well I want to say um, it's going to be better I've got, I've got to paint a picture here but I think the Bible is clear that even our imagination <laughs> is not good enough to to understand how good it will be it's going to be better than expected and uh, so sometimes um, in life you know you just it is, there's an overabundance of goodness and I think that's what we, we need to uh, expect in heaven so I was at Tesco a few months ago and um, I I uh, I, went, I was just getting a few groceries, but I noticed that um, in the window of the freezer there were Rollo ice creams, right? A pack of three. It was really cheap, but it was two for the price of one or something. So anyway, I got two packets. I thought, like, okay, six of those that will treat me for the next week as I sit and watch TV at night. Take them to the front, and they were really cheap, but they, the, woman, the price didn't come off, right? I said, hang on a second, there should be two for the price of one. So, you know, she buzzes up. And the, the, you know, get someone to check and the line kind of queues up behind me and the woman comes back and, and she's checked the price and she says, Sorry sir, no, it's not two for the price of one. It's, it's three for the price of one. So if you want that money off, you know, you have to get a third packet. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, what can I do? <laughs> it's over abundance of goodness. And heaven's gonna be like that like that for us. Okay. Um, and so what what kind of things can we say? the reality of heaven will be like um, well we've got, we, we, I've got a number of things I think six of them that you see in your outline the first is it's going to be a physical life and so we already spoke about this really, covered this mainly yesterday when we were talking about resurrection um, there will be physical bodies uh, the bible's picture is a, of a renewed material place a, a, you know a real place um, and so I'll just leave that because we, we already spoke about the resurrection um, really yesterday but further on than that it's not just physical it'll be an active life uh, in heaven we'll be doing stuff we're not just going to be blobs sitting there you know doing nothing and so Isaiah 65 again talks about um, this hope and, it, and this is what he says he says no longer will they build houses and others live in them or plant and others eat them for as the days of a tree so will the be the days of my people my chosen ones will long enjoy the work of their hands
1: they will be doing
0: stuff um, they will not labour in vain nor will they bear children doomed to misfortune for they will, be ple- uh, they will be people blessed by the Lord and they and their descendants with them so I think there's this idea of actually doing stuff an active life um, where you, you know, you're creative and produce things but it'll be activity that's not from that frustrated, okay? So imagine, um, you know, you're working on your assignment or something uh, for university. The hard drive's not going to crash in heaven. <laughs> it's not going to be frustrated, and um, the snow won't block you in, or the train won't make you late for your appointment or whatever. But you will be doing stuff, and um, you know, you might think, "But work's so so annoying and so on." Well, actually, work can be very enjoyable and satisfying. Um, when it's good. Uh, so one of the, the curses from the Garden of Eden was that now, so they had work to do in the garden too. Do you remember that? Um, Adam was given a job to, to um, you know, tame the land. Um, but then one of the curses was, well, now your labour is going to be painful. So labour itself and work is a good thing. It's, it can be really enjoyable when it's good. Um, but one of the curses of the world is, now it can be annoying and it can be frustrating and the hard drive can crash and, you know, and make you go grey or whatnot. <coughs> but that's, so that's the second thing, an active life. Um, the third thing is it'll be a social life, okay? So it's, it's, there's people, other people, and it's about relationships. Um, so, you, you know, the story of the Bible is from a garden with two people to a city with, remember um, in Revelation uh, chapter 6 says uh, there was a multitude more than anyone could count <laughs> so many people and there's all these relationships Revelation 21 uh, he talks about this city I saw a holy city, the new Jerusalem this, this kind of perfect community that's what it's about um, and then it kind of went on with. Uh, uh, Pete read it beautifully with all the, those beautiful um, features of this city you know Shone with the glory of God. its brilliance was like that of precious jewels, like jasper, clear as crystal. Had a great high wall, 12 gates, and with the 12 angels at the gate. And on the the gates were written the name of the 12 tribes of Israel. And uh, there were three gates on the east, so on, so on, so on. And the walls of the city had the 12 foundations, and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the land. So you get this picture of this city. It's kind of like a a giant block. that comes down from heaven, apartment block, bang. But we're not, I, I don't think we need to think of that <coughs> as it. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the picture. And actually what that giant apartment block, that big square cube made of gold and precious stuff, what that points to is a social life. That's, that's, that's about the people, actually, not the place. And the reason why I think that is because of all this picture language. So the gates are the 12 tribes. The foundations are the 12 apostles. They're, they're the people. Um, it's, they're, not, they're not foundations, they're people. And I think that this is a picture of the social life of the world to come. Um, and, and what else does it say? It's, it, he measures it out, perfect dimensions. So it's, it's that when the full number of God's people are in, they'll all be there everyone will be there to be perfect um, beauty and value all those precious jewels uh, that, that make up this place this is going to be a, just a really special um, social community and of course um, the other picture that the Bible and Jesus often paints um, which makes this point that it will be a social life is that it's going to be a great feast you know, he talks about a wedding banquet um, and so on and, and I don't know about you but you know there are sometimes the meals are in kind of my family <laughs> memory now Christmas lunch or something you know they're, they're highlights of the family experience you know you wear your paper crown and you read your silly jokes and pool crackers or whatever Yeah, you know, and that's a really joyous time but it's joyous because you're there with the ones that you love isn't that right and so um, when Jesus talks about kind of this feast and, and you, uh, eating with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, it's, it's going to be this great kind of social occasion is what he's, he's pointing to. And um, it's not going to be like having dinner and it's kind of a first date and you run out of things to say and it's really awkward. <laughs> okay, <laughs> This social life is going to be kind of perfect and the relationships will be good. Okay, So uh, I understand that kind of this some people are more extroverted and other people are more introverted and perhaps if you're introverted <laughs> you might be thinking no! <laughs> too many relationships but it's not going to be like that the, the relationships will be good uh, there'll be this great fellowship and we'll all have different parts to play uh, in it okay um, what else? well it'll be a perfect life um, so uh, you know, Revelation again makes the point he will wipe away every tear from their eyes there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things have passed away all of those things that make this world hard and horrible will be gone in the new creation uh, it will all be good joy and happiness um, there will be nothing bad there and, and did you, you remember uh, verse 27 in Revelation 21 nothing impure will ever enter in nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life (coughs) so it's going to be this perfect life so now the world's marred by sin and corruption and even creation is frustrated well none of that will be in the new um, the new creation so yesterday when i was talking about resurrection bodies um, (coughs) i was saying you know we're going to just get this this great upgrade it's going to be um, a great physical upgrade, so all my kind of frailties and um, you know sore back and headache and whatever. Well, that's not going to be the case with our new glorious body. Well, um, the picture of heaven is not just that we get a new physical body, um, but we actually get new characters <laughs> as well. Our, our kind of our moral complexity is is renewed as well. So our kind of our our bent towards sin and temptation and doing wrong things actually kind of gets corrected uh, when we go to heaven Um, so yesterday i spoke about a physically better you here we're seeing a morally better you uh, in the resurrection life okay um fifthly an endless life so um eternity Uh, we, we we talked um a little bit yesterday eternity is hard to get our heads around um but, and I, I've done a bit of thinking about it and I still um, struggle to get my, my head around it. Um, but whether that's you know, a place where there <coughs> is no time or whether it's just a place where time goes on and on and on, the point is it, it doesn't end. There's no end to this life. Um, now, it might be the case of both of those, I was thinking, because you know, time flies when you're having fun. Right? It just, where'd that time go? <laughs> But you always notice that when it's at kind of at the end. Whereas, you know, in, a, in this new world that does not end, you know, maybe it'll be like a timeless life because it'll be so good. It'll just fly, you know, wonderful. Um, it, it'll be eternal. Okay, so, so we've done those five. And what I want us to understand is that this biblical hope is not for kind of disembodied people, spirits floating around, Um, like we might see in cartoons and so on we're talking about a real hope a real place I will still be me you will still be you uh, with a real body a real life and a real world but it'll all be perfect and it'll be endless and so you know on Friday we're talking about Vic and Ross and they wanted to play cricket in heaven maybe we will be able to play cricket in heaven right but then again maybe we'll have better things to do okay (laughs) Um, but then um, maybe you're sitting there and you're still not sure that you like this picture of heaven um, well I want to say I haven't got to the heart of it yet I haven't got to the good bit actually um, so all of these things, physical life, social life the active life, the perfect life, the everlasting life that's just kind of you know, frosting, that's trimmings around the outside the heart of heaven, the substance of heaven is my sixth point uh, and that is it will be a God-centred life, a God-centred life. Um, we'll be in the direct presence of God forever and this is the good stuff. Um, you know, This is the meaning of heaven, God dwelling with us. Um, Revelation chapter 7, yeah. it, it paints this picture. And he says, Therefore they'll be before the throne of God and serve him day and night in in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Never again will they hunger, never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb will be at the centre of the throne and he will be their shepherd, will be there with God. Uh, He'll lead them (coughs) to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So there'll be no evil around us, no no discontent with what he's given us and our lives will revolve around him. And what we're talking about here is, you know, we get a taste of it, you know, if we go to church and we have, uh, you know, we encounter God, I, you know, church for you, you encounter God um, really and truly, we get a taste of it but it's just a small taste of the intimacy and directness of this relationship with God that we'll have in heaven um, yeah and and in that Revelation 21 passage it said there'll be no temple no temple remember the temple was a place where people you know came to deal with God well, there's no need for that in heaven because all of heaven is the temple if you like um, uh, the whole of heaven this is the good part being with God Uh but maybe um, you think, actually, oh, that won't be that fun. <laughs> um, or maybe, maybe you think, well, I don't think I'd really fit in there with God like that, you know, in that close relationship with God. Um, but actually, what I want to say is, um, you will <laughs> because you'll be changed. And that's kind of my point from before. There's nothing more that you will want to do because we were actually created for relationship with God. And this is, this is kind of the purpose of our lives, if you like. Um, and so, Christians have seen something of the glory, um, but perhaps kind of worshipping God with our whole lives and so on, it just seems too far-fetched. But actually, at that point, we'll have transformed lives. So, in 1 Corinthians uh, 13, it says um, that what we've got now, you know, it's really just a shadow of what's to come he says for now we see only a reflection as in the mirror but then we shall see face to face now we see in part then we shall see in full so what we know of God now you know his goodness his love his mercy his kindness to us you know this is what, what you and I know it's just so dim really compared to what we will know once we see him face to face it's going to be brilliant um, yes so You know, there's heaven. I think um, you can sum up heaven just in one sentence. Paul does it uh, in 1 Thessalonians 4. After that, uh, we who are still alive and are are left will be caught up together in the clouds with them to meet the Lord in the air and this is it. And so we will be with the Lord forever. That's heaven. That's the good part. Um, and then he goes on to say, encourage each other with these words. That's what we have to look forward to. Now, our, our problem, I think, is that most people think of heaven in a purely selfish way. You know, will I play cricket? Will I surf? Um, you know, is it the ultimate amusement ride? Um, can I eat all I want and never get fat? And people think. That, you know, that's what people say. Oh, heaven will be like that. But if if our picture of heaven if in our, in our head our picture of heaven is that heaven revolves around us we've got a very cheap picture <coughs> of heaven a very cheap picture we've been sold a dud because if heaven's to be any good at all it's got to revolve around God because he's the goodness that's how we were created so we may do all kinds of things in heaven cricket, surfing I don't know, right? but whatever we're doing it's not going to be about us it's going to be centred on him that's the picture the Bible gives and that's the good stuff okay so just, I'll make just three points to kind of um, finish off how this will affect you and me right now the first is that this picture of the end renewal it puts everything in perspective now so and when Paul's writing he, he's, you know, he's having a hard time of life you know, he gets persecuted and so on but he says in Romans, I consider that our present suffering are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. You know, no matter how tough it gets, knowing that this is our future, well, it puts all this in perspective. And so when life gets hard and when things go wrong, well, we've got that to hang on to. And we've got that forever ahead of us. And so it'll kind of it'll just shape the way we think about here and now. You know, the exams coming up are not that big a deal in the scope of heaven. Um, you know, uh, you know tough relationships <coughs> not that big a deal in the scope of heaven. Um, persecution for being a Christian. Well, this is what Paul's saying: present sufferings not worth comparing with the glory that's to be to come. Uh, that, so that's the, the first point. Puts things right now in perspective. The second point is, um, it's where Christians belong. So I was saying yesterday about this, one of my favourite verses from Philippians, where the Philippians they love being this Roman settlement, and they take great pride in that. Just like last summer, you guys love being Team GB, and you know how great is this. Well, Paul says, "Well, our citizenship's in heaven. That's where we belong. Now, that's our home." Um, so uh, part of this means that actually we'll consider the world in a different place if we understand that our citizenship's in heaven so uh, in Peter um, 1 Peter chapter 2 uh, he says this to the, to the, um, the Christians there he says dear friends I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world uh, to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul so because we're actually, we don't belong here uh, we belong there well then that'll shape the way we live um, so you know I'm an Aussie here in, in England you know my home is somewhere else if you like and in, in many ways just <coughs> by the way that I speak and so on people know that I actually don't belong here <laughs> um, you know, where are you from they say and kind of our lives I think should be a bit like that for heaven Do you know what I mean People should think, you know, where do they look? You know, their life's not, their home is not here. Does that make sense? Uh, our home is in heaven. And so we should look a bit like Australians <laughs> in England. Um, C.S. Lewis, you know, he wrote those Narnia series, and um, which which are good. I mean, they have some problems. But I love in the last one, um, they, they go through the door and they're kind of into this world that he pictures as heaven and the unicorn there he says he says something which I think is spot on he says I've come home at last this is my real country I belong here this is the land I've been looking for all my life even though I I didn't really know what it was until now the reason I loved the old Narnia is that sometimes it looked like this (laughs) I love that because the things that we've got good going on now, the things that make this world great, well, and the things that you know, make us like this world, they're, they're just a small taste of our actual home, of our home in heaven. And there's nothing like being at home. So we begin by thinking, you know, can it get better than this? You have those moments in life, can it get better than this? It gets a whole lot better than this, actually. And this brings me to my uh, final point. Um, if you do trust in, in God and you believe in heaven, well, you can prepare for heaven right now. Um, and preparing for heaven is, you, you prepare prepared by the way you invest your life. Um, and so I know I, I spun people out yesterday by talking about um, perhaps different punishments in hell, but I think the Bible actually talks about rewards in heaven as well so let me read you a little bit from what paul says in 1 corinthians chapter 3 he's talking about living our lives and and building on the gospel says by the grace of god this is verse 10 by the grace god has given me i laid a foundation as an expert builder and someone else is building on it but each one should care be careful how he builds how you live your life for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid which is Christ Jesus so we've all got Christ Jesus if we're Christian but if anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver or costly stones wood, hay or straw so there's de- different ways to live your life his work will be shown for what it is because the day the day Jesus comes will bring it to light it will, it will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work if what he has built survives he will receive his reward if it is burned up he will suffer loss he himself will be saved but only as one escaping through the flames okay and so I think the idea there is not that in heaven we'll kind of look upon what other people have and be jealous or anything like that but actually how you live your life now actually they'll, will be rewarded if you like in heaven and Jesus also um, says this he says uh, he tells that story of the man storing up treasures in his barns and then he, he, he finishes with this. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. So you can store them up. And if you store them up there, no moth or vermin destroy and where thieves <coughs> do not break in and steal. Then he says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So right now as we live our lives we can invest in heaven <laughs> we can lay up treasures for ourselves in heaven and where your treasure is there your heart will be that's, that's what will bring you joy um, so if we've tasted something of, of God in our life well really the few decades that we have here on earth it doesn't compare to what we have installed in heaven and so Um, Why is it that we often just invest our lives here and now? It just seems so strange and skewed, doesn't it? We ought to be investing in that. Uh, If we focus on that, we'll realise what's important now, which is our relationship with God, our relationship with God's people, and bringing others into relationship with God. They're the important things of life. And yet, I mean, so much of our time, Christian... Christian time is spent kind of investing in this world, you know, building the house that you want, <coughs> and, you know, going on the holiday that you want. Uh, if you invest in, in the next, I guarantee you that the hope of heaven will thrill you. If, if your heart's there, you know, you will be hanging to live there. If you invest there, uh. You know, you you will you can't wait to get there. And so, this is, this is where I will finish. You know, you guys are young. In Australia, um, they have these kind of um, retirement saving plans with superannuation that you, everybody has to make contributions to. But they put the government puts ads, so they don't want to pay a pension, right? So they put ads on TV to make sure everybody's been contributing. And the big thing for the ad is, you know, if you start when you're young well then you'll have this huge nest egg uh, when you retire don't leave it too late just you know start young put, 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 put the investment away and I want to say for you guys you know you're there you're at uni um, life's ahead of you and it's the same if you start investing in heaven now you know great treasures will be in store if you if you you know devote your life to holiness you know if that's what you, you want to pursue in life um, rather than the, the high-paying job or the you know I mean those things are fine, but what really is your heart's desire is to be close to God, then you know the rewards that you will have, I think it will pay dividends, dividends indeed. Um, okay, so the hope of heaven puts everything else into the the way we live now. Um, I think, will affect the way we live then. But it's just important to keep that. I'll go back to C.S. Lewis just to finish off. Um, They come into heaven and he says, and this was the beginning of the real story. All their life in the other world and their adventures in Narnia had only been the cover and the title page. So everything that we think is so important now, it's just the title page. Now at last, they were beginning... They were, they were beginning chapter one of the great story which no one on earth has ever read and which goes on forever and which every chapter is better than before. That's our hope. <laughs> um, this, is, this is just the title page. That's what we have to live for. Let's <coughs> pray that we will live for it. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you've given us an insight into what you have store, in store for your people. We thank you that it is so good and Father we just pray that we'll keep that reality in our heads and that as we live our lives now it'll put our sufferings into perspective and it'll put our life into perspective and that we will keep focused on that and we'll put our hearts there Lord and we'll invest our lives in our eternal life. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen.